Hello. Welcome to another episode of Wrenching on the Level. I'm your host, Mike Molesky, and today we're going to be talking about how to choose an auto repair shop for your service needs. There is a lot to take into consideration, so let's get to work. So let's think about why we are choosing a repair shop. Did we move to a new area? Are we broken down and need some assistance close by? Did you have a bad experience with another mechanic and you want to try somewhere new? All of these things will play a factor in your choice to try a new auto repair shop. So let's go over some of the basic things that we need to talk about to help you make a decision to find a shop that suits your needs and one that hopefully you can build a good relationship with. Now, like I always say, not everybody is every shop's customer and not every shop is every customer's auto repair shop. So let's start with this. What kind of vehicle do you have? Now, different auto repair shops focus on different types of vehicles. Some are general repair and work on all makes and models. Others are specialized. Now, the specialization can come at a cost. However, the mechanics and employees there may be more inept and well-versed in the type of vehicle that you drive. Therefore, can make better recommendations, repair the vehicle faster with less chance of any comebacks or failures. Now, taking price into consideration, some are better than others. So if you're going to look at a specialist and there are multiple to choose from, you would look into their uh, any personal references you can find from people you know or reading their Google or Facebook reviews. I will strongly recommend that you avoid all Yelp reviews. Yelp has turned into a very predatory company over the last 10 years and is essentially useless and working against most industries. So, now that I got that piece out, do you have a large truck? Do you have a diesel? Do you have a British car, Euro, import, domestic? These things play a role in deciding who you go to and it could even make a difference of where you go for what services. Some shops only do basic repairs like state inspections, brakes, tires, oil, suspension. Other shops only do performance modifications to make cars faster. They don't have licensing to do safety inspections. Some shops only do tires and alignments. Other shops only do engine builds. So not every shop performs every service. So looking into their, hopefully they have a Google page, their Facebook page, their Instagram, their LinkedIn, their YouTube channel, their podcast, you name it. Get a feel for what they work on. And at the very least, call and talk to someone. Now, when you have picked the shop online or someone gave your recommendation, the next step is give them a call and let them know what you need and then ask them questions. If there's anything that bothers you or if you have anything you need to know, the person on the other end of the phone should be inclined to answer those questions for you to help earn your trust and potentially your business.
do you have loaner cars? Yes or no. Do you offer rides to and from home? Uh, can you get me an Uber or do I need to get my own? Do you have a drop box? Do you have a lit up parking lot? Do you have key pickup for after hours? What kind of warranty do you offer? Uh, what kind of parts do you use? Are they dealer, OEM, OES? Are they aftermarket from the parts store? Now, some places might be less inclined to answer that question because they think you are price shopping or being prepared to gouge them in some way. But if you're understanding and know that auto repair shops provide the whole service, and regardless of where they get their parts, you're going to assume that they offer a quality part and a good warranty. If they're saying they're only going to give you a one-year warranty or a 30-feet warranty, you know that they probably don't use good parts and you don't want to go there. But the rest of us typically have a two- or three-year, uh, 24 or 36,000-mile warranty on most repairs. Things like engines may have 12 months or less. Transmissions, large repairs of that nature. Um, the shop may not have a warranty, but the manufacturer might. There's a lot to get into there. You can see why you have to talk about this stuff, because there's so much to get into. Could I be making it more complicated? Yeah, maybe. I won't, I won't disagree. The finite details blow up in my face, and I always have to mention all of them. If you have a... Toyota to Tacoma, like me. You just need to get the oil changed and the tires rotated. You got a better chance of having more places available to do that kind of work. It's a pretty common service. So, how do you pick one? You got Pennzoils, you got Firestones, you got Pep Boys, you got Mom and Pop Shops, you got the Toyota dealership, you got mobile mechanics that you can reach out to that come and do it for you. What do you do? Well, you could base it off of your convenience factor. How close is it to you? Do you have the time to go somewhere and get the oil changed? Do you have the time to schedule it in and wait a couple of days to get into the shop of your choice for that oil change? Do you have... Uh, immediate needs that you need to have a mobile guy that can come out to you in an hour... Do you have a space for the mobile guy to perform that work? If you have a brand new driveway, you certainly don't want a mobile repair guy doing an oil change on it. Do you have... The questions could go on forever. Reaching out to people that have similar vehicles as you or people that live in the same area as you. You see it a lot with Facebook groups, people asking for mechanics and various other recommendations for businesses would be a good way to go. Now, the problem is not everybody has a great experience. Other people have different opinions on certain things. How do you, how do you sort through all that? Well, I would say the majority rules with most things. If you go to a, a shop's Facebook, for example, and you see that they have 4.8 stars, right? So... 
you scroll down and you see they got 55 five-star reviews. And you see you have one three-star and one one-star review. The one-star review is from someone with no face and no name that says they didn't answer the phone. And they left them a one-star review. You could kind of read into that. That's not exactly fair. You can move on. You go to the three-star. I took my car there for service. And they charged me for diagnosing the car. And it didn't fix the issue. Even though I paid for the diagnosis. Well, you're like, okay, well, you didn't pay for them to fix it. You paid for a diagnosis, right? So you could read through these reviews and weed out the ones that are just complaining the ones that don't make sense. Because it happens more often than you think. So you go through all the... If they got a whole bunch of four and five star reviews for people that had an overall good experience with them. Because let's be real, nobody's perfect. Stuff happens. You know, and it could be about how does the shop take care of those issues. Because no one's perfect. Alright, moving on. So some of the things you can also look for when choosing an auto repair shop is, are they ASC certified? Okay, that is uh, the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. Uh, it's been around for many years. Um, shops and technicians that strive for ASC certifications usually take their jobs a bit more seriously than others. Okay, it is not a requirement in most states of the United States and I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world, but it is not a requirement to be in business to have ASC certifications. The other thing you can look out for is, you know, is the shop clean and dirty or is it a huge mess? Uh, do they take pride in their appearance as the shop? You know, you can't judge the mechanic all too much if he's a bit dirty, but, you know, are they in uniform? Is he wearing decent clothes or is he wearing ripped up torn rags with huge oil stains on them? Uh, not to make too much of an assumption there, but I'd feel a little bit better with a more professional look. There is the amenities that they offer. You know, is there comfort in the waiting room? Um, TV, magazines. You know, it's a, it was a little bit different before COVID. You know, the coffee machine and the, the drinks were more prevalent, but now uh, people have cut out the communal resources just because of COVID. So you got to take that into, into consideration now. Let's see, what else? Uh, clear and concise communication is key. You know, easy to read estimates. I would honestly say that it's time to start avoiding shops that still use carbon copy paper invoices it means that they are outdated they don't want to change we've had electronic invoicing for 30 years if they are still using carbon copy and paper um then that says that says something are they professional maybe can they change your brakes maybe but they're not investing in their business. They're not striving to move forward and stay up with technology. So who's to say that they know how to do the factory resets on your car's computers or that they know how to diagnose these new circuits properly or understand how your hybrid vehicle works? 
it would be a little suspect to me. You know, you may use the shop once or twice and think about, you know, do they communicate well with you? Are they looking out for you? You know, did they tell you about a recall that was out for your vehicle? Did they say, hey, you know, there's a technical service bulletin that was released by uh, your car make that may cover this issue under a warranty. If you want to try taking it to them before you pay us money, it could save you in the long run. Now, their hopes is that, yeah, they lose the job today, but they were looking out for you. And hopefully you could see that they are an honest business and just want to do right by their customers, hoping that, okay, they could take care of the warranty issue at the dealership this time, but you'll come see them for, you know, your other needs. And that sounds fair. Now, something to something to think about that gets brought up a lot is, you know, don't trust a shop that makes recommendations and just gives you a list of things that you need. Here's the problem with that. So in my shop, we do digital inspections. So when your car is brought in, we look over the vehicle, we take pictures, videos. We do a probably a 40, 50 point inspection, checking your tires, brakes, suspension, lights, uh, your glass, you name it. Check for, uh, see if there's any warning lights on. Not only is it to cover our butts to say, hey, you know, this car has bad brakes and we told the customer they have bad brakes and shouldn't drive it. Or, hey, this car has a big, huge dent in the fender so that the customer can't come back in and say, hey, guys, I brought you the car and it didn't have any issues, but now I left with it and there's a dent in the fender. You did it. Now I want you to fix it. Uh, the customer may not have realized that they had a dent in their fender. Um, it happens all the time, especially on the passenger sides of vehicles where drivers never go. It happens quite frequently. Somebody door dings their car on the passenger side. They never go and look at that side because they always walk to the driver's side. But for some reason, after they get their car back, they look over their vehicle and they find issues they never knew about and they blame the shop. So a lot of us do uh, inspections to cover our butts first and foremost. Secondly, yes, we are businesses. We do have to sell things to make money, to live, to feed our families, pay our bills. You know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. It's a business. In the end, we are typically all good and trustworthy businesses that have a moral compass, but we still have to make money. So... We offer you things to buy. Now, majority of the time, we offer you things that you need or that you are due for. And that's where that's where the confusion can come from. You know, if you come into my shop with bald tires, low brakes, rusty rotors, and you're here for a check engine light, I'm going to say, hey, okay, well, I looked at your check engine light. I diagnosed the root cause of the issue. But you need tires really bad. You need brakes really bad. You know, we have to, I'm going to give you a quote and I'm going to recommend that you do this for your own well-being because the vehicle's not very safe to drive. You know, I drive on, I drive on the same roads as you guys do. I want your cars to be safe just as much as you want to know that I have good brakes so that I can stop behind you or that I'm not going to slide into you with bald tires. Just because we provide you with a recommendation list doesn't mean that we are dishonest. It means 
that we are doing our jobs by looking over your vehicle for you when we have the chances to look at it. Some people only go to the repair shop once or twice a year for oil changes, and it doesn't give anybody the time to look at the vehicle. So we take advantage of our time with the car on the lift to look it over for you, make you aware of anything you may not be aware of because not everybody is in tune with their vehicle. Not everybody recognizes all the noises, the vibrations, the issues, the puddles. That's what the professionals are for. So yeah, you may have come in for one thing, but we're going to look the car over for you to make sure that everything else is okay. If we have recommendations to make, you can approve or deny them, and that's okay. okay. If we make a recommendation that is of safety concerns, don't be insulted if the shop asks you to sign the invoice stating that you have been told about the the dangers in your vehicle and you're deciding to drive it or take it anyway because we're in a world where we have to cover our butts. It is not an out-of-the-norm practice to do that. So, again, just don't, don't take it negatively if a shop gives you a recommendation list, especially if you are due for a service based on time or mileage. You know, if you bring the car in at 60,000 miles and it's due to have its spark plugs changed, we look at those kind of things. So we say, hey, just so you know, at this mileage, the manufacturer of your vehicle recommends that spark plugs get replaced. Here's a price on the spark plug replacement. It's the right thing to do for the vehicle. Yes, you didn't ask them to do that, but that's what we all do. We don't just, can you imagine if it was the other way around? You brought your car in for an oil change. And we did just the oil change when we had it up in the air. But your tie rod end was so bad, it was literally about to break away from the vehicle and you were going to lose the ability to steer. And it popped off. Instead of saying, oh, I only took it to the shop for an oil change, they wouldn't have looked at that. You're going to say, you guys had my car last and you didn't tell me I had a bad tie rod end. You guys had it last. You touched it last. I want you to pay for everything, Karen, Karen, Karen. That's how that ends up going. I hate to say it, but that's the truth. So we'd rather look it over, make the call, and have you be aware of it, and you know that we are aware of it. And we move on from there. Don't let that be a factor that turns you away. That should be a very good thing to know that the shops are doing in-depth looks over of your vehicle and taking their time to do these things while you're getting a $30 oil change. That means that they are investing time into you and your vehicle to make sure you're safe. Is it a part of the, the business model to help sell things? Yes, absolutely. Everybody's in business to make money. It's not a crime and it's not a bad thing as long as they do it in the right way. All right, so let's talk about some things that should deter you from a shop. Number one being bad reviews, a lot of them, like I said, majority rules, uh, numerous bad referrals from people that you know, old and outdated looking shop, dirty, gross, disorganized, 
And for me, one of the biggest turnoffs to an auto repair shop is one that has a parking lot full of junk. If their parking lot looks like a salvage yard and there's cars that have been there since you were a little kid, don't go there. Just don't go there. Like, I already feel bad that I have a couple... I have two cars sitting in my parking lot for the last six months to a year and a half. Just two. And I have a decent-sized lot. They're in the corner. And it bugs me every day to what people assume about those vehicles. I do have people that stop by frequently and ask me if they're for sale and yada yada. But I hate clutter in the shop. I hate clutter in the parking lot. So... If people have a ton of cars that aren't moving, that means that they are collecting and hoarding. They're not viewing their space as valuable. And instead of saving that room for customers, they're filling it with junk. If you see cars always sitting there for a long period of time and never moving, you know that that shop probably has some efficiency issues. Depending on the kind of work they do. For example, my performance shop, cars could be sitting there for a week to two months at a time. One, because of our schedule, and two, for the type of project being performed on the vehicle. I wasn't a fan of it, but that's the way that it went. But take my my general repair location, for example. Some people have come in saying, you know, I get up and I leave for work at 7 a.m., and I don't come home till after dark where it's, you know, 6, 7 o'clock at night. And I never see cars in your parking lot. How, like, are you still open? Are you, are you even going to stay open? What gives? And I go, you know, that's pretty funny because I just had an insanely busy week. But I try to get cars in and then I get them out. So I schedule in a way and I perform the type of work that gets them in and out 99% of the time the same day. So the cars are dropped off in the morning around 9 o'clock, and they're typically gone by 5 p.m. And I think it's really funny that people that leave early and come home late end up never seeing cars in the lot. You know, we might have one or two dropped off overnight sometimes, but the majority of our business is performed within those hours. And because I don't keep a lot of cars around, people were wondering if I was even open. And I'm okay with that. I like having room in my parking lot. I like not having a bunch of junk sitting around. That was a little tangent there. Sorry. I hate when people have tons of cars in their parking lots. Whenever it's all scrap and junk and broke down and uh, been sitting there since the first Bush was president. I would would tend to stay away. Uh, Like I said, paper invoices. If a shop is on paper invoices, they are worried... Or you should be worried that they do not invest into their business. So it's like, what kind of tooling do they have? What kind of training do they have? You know, are you going to shops that are putting a whole bunch of offensive uh, political things on their social medias? Are you going to shops that, uh, you know, look like they could not be official and uninsured? You know, are you going to... You know, DIY mechanics that just work in a big building. You know, can you uh, look into their credentials? Do they have business insurance? 
Are they accredited by some organization? You want to be sure that the shop that you're taking your vehicle to has enough insurance to cover your vehicle. If you're the kind of person that owns a six-figure car, um, you want to make sure that that business doesn't have the minimum legal requirement and say they have $50,000 in in garage keepers or something or in, in a liability that doesn't fully protect the equipment and the vehicles that reside within their building. Shop. How long have they been open? You know, is this a 25-year shop? Have they been open for six months? You know, give them a... If they've been open for six months, cut them a little bit of slack because they're probably still learning the the ropes. And, you know, if you have any constructive criticism to give, I'm sure they would listen if presented in the right manner. I would make sure that you know, when it comes time to leave a review, that you you look into your inner Karen and you suppress her and you leave. Unless it was like a really, really awful bad experience and it just deserves to be made aware of. I mean, I know that stuff can happen, but most of the time, if it's constructive and they made a mistake and there's something that could be done about it, let them know. Let them know before you leave the review. Say, hey, you know, I was there and I got tires put on and my wheels were all dirty and covered in in handprints and, uh, you know, didn't make me very happy. Instead of leaving that in a review and surprising the business, see what they have to say about it. They may say, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. We were rushing that day. I didn't even think about it. Come on in. Let me wipe them down and make them look nice for you. Or, hey, let me give you a free oil change for the, the inconvenience to let you know that I'm sorry that, you know, that, ha- that happened to you. I'll make sure that I bear that in mind. Like I said, accidents happen. People make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. It's about what they do to remedy those mistakes because it's not about if they make a mistake. It's when. It's when and how are they going to fix it. We've, we've been through the ringer. We've had boot prints on the carpet. We've had handprints on doors in the past, like in the early years before I I made it important to kind of quality control everything. Um, You know, there's been, hell, we've even had hoods fly up and destroy the front ends of cars. Stuff happens in real life. You're working on 5 to 15 cars a day, 5 days a week, you know, 360 days a year. Shit happens. You know, life's tough. Wear a helmet. All right, back to it. So not many not many shops are going to admit that. Stuff happens. It's about how you take care of it. It's about the processes they have in place as a professional business to take care of these things. You know, you may talk to someone that says, you know, I took my car there and something happened in the parking lot my car got hit and you're like oh man that's awful this place sucks and then they go on to say yeah but then the shop was like hey you know what go get an estimate and uh we'll get it squared away for you get taken care of it wasn't your fault um you know we've had that we've had cars that we were pulling in to service because of an issue and the brake line blew and then the car coasted into the car in front of it 
and put a mark in the fender or dented the grill. That stuff happens. That's reality. So, again, it's it's how the shop fixes issues. All right. I almost lost track going into that. Some other things to consider if you're looking for a shop for a specialty reason. You want to work? go to a shop that works on Audis and Volkswagens only. Okay. Referrals. Look up the, see what the enthusiasts are doing. A, a car enthusiast, a car guy, car girl is going to be extra picky about who they take their car to. So they pick shops that they like, shops that do good work. And typically money isn't the number one reason why they choose a shop. Okay, and it should never it should never be your number one reason to why you choose a repair shop. If you choose a shop for the money, you're gonna be disappointed almost every time. So you pick a repair shop, you go there because the enthusiasts go there, they say these people know what they're doing, they have the tools to reset things properly, they carry the good fluids that work well on those vehicles. You know, they're carrying, let's take Volkswagen Audi, for example. A, Volk, a good Volkswagen Audi shop is carrying, you know, liquid molly, castrol, or modal oils. They're carrying the OE fluids for the differentials, the transmissions, the uh, G13 and G12 coolant, usually G13 because it's backwards compatible. You know, they have VCDS, Otis, uh, some kind of specialized tool to help them repair those vehicles specifically you know uh same with bmw volvo uh all that applies a specialty shop has the tools to perform these jobs you know you may spend a little bit more to have a specialty shop fix your timing chain for you but that shop has probably done five of them in the last month and could perform that job quickly and efficiently for you and do a good job that should have, uh, you know, long-lasting, good reliability. Using good parts. Because they know what to use. They know, hey, you know what, we're going to upgrade this plastic part. tends to fail. So while we're in there, we're going to upgrade it to an aluminum part that won't fail. It should last you the lifetime of your vehicle ownership. Uh, we're going to go with this gasket because the Victor Rhine set always leaks. And then from here, we're going to use Loctite 574 versus a normal anaerobic sealant because this stuff is the best. And then we're going to do an adaptions clear and reset these basic settings for you to make sure that everything is back to square one and can adjust itself properly. Because they know what they're doing, right? And that sounded like they knew what they're doing. So... That's the best way to go about it. You take it to a shop that's never done it before, they might not know everything they have to do. You take it to one of those old, outdated shops that's not even paying for service information from the manufacturer, and they're just going to wing it and look up YouTube videos, you're in for a bad time. Now, this will apply to uh, import-only shop, Euro shop, domestic-only shop, medium and heavy duty truck shop or diesel shop each place has more efficiency and more tooling capable of repairing particular styles of vehicles if you go to a general repair shop they typically can do a little bit on a lot of makes and models 
Like I said, it depends on what exactly you have and what needs done. You might choose a shop because it's very close to your house and you can walk home because you don't have anyone to give you a ride. You may choose this location because you find the owner and lead technician is very attractive. Brown hair, blue eyes. Anyway. Yay! Alright, so let's wrap it up. So to summarize, check reviews, check referrals. Make sure that you choose them because they are appealing to you. They are convenient for you. Make sure you consider a specialist if you need one. Make sure that you vet the shop that you want to try. Ask them questions. In the meantime, hopefully you have a shop that you have a great relationship with and you don't have to follow any of this advice anytime soon. Especially if I'm the shop you go to. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Mike Molesky, with Wrenching on the Level. Looks like I gotta start uh, figuring out the next one, so let's get to work. <laughs>